Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no? Did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Here we are, Oops Podcast, back again, baby. I'm Francis. Hi, Julio. Hello, Francis. We are still recovering a little bit from our first ever live show at City Winery, which was presented by Stewart's Spiked Seltzer Classic. Just got spiked. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Julio. I did not work correctly for 36 hours. Yeah, yeah, I know. I had a tough day yesterday. I um, I I don't get hungover anymore because I don't drink that hard. Mm-hmm. I had not been hung over in a couple of years. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. And 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 I think the reason is um <laughs> I I just don't drink shots. I don't drink liquor that quickly. Had you taken a break? Or I haven't been drinking that much. Okay. So that might contribute. You know, when I go to weddings, I, I typically uh take a little mushroom situation. Oh, interesting. And then you don't drink. And you're not hungover. So, dude, it's funny you say that because the opposite happens to me. When I take a little mushroom situation, I drink significantly more. Really? I immediately crave drinking. You're a bad guy. I'm a bad guy. (laughs) You're a bad guy. What does that say about me? But no, I I hear you. So the other thing about weddings, too, I typically eat too much to get drunk. Mm. Like, personally. So Unfortunately, the whole coat your stomach, soak up the alcohol thing never really worked for me. Yeah. Uh, But, look. We we did the show. It was great. We had a couple of cocky poos in the green room mm-hmm. beforehand. There was a very funny moment. Oh my god! They oh. were so great. the The staff at City Winery <laughs> was were. so great. And the woman said, "You know, would you guys like anything to drink? Beer, wine?" And we had kind of assumed they did not have a liquor license. Yeah. They didn't have uh, liquor. I got there a little before Francis and I texted him being like, dude, can you pick up a bottle of tequila? That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> you told me yeah. they don't have liquor here. Just because they presented it the same way that they presented it. Yeah. And so then <laughs> when she said that, you said, is there any way that maybe in some dusty janitorial closet or perhaps in the vault, vault <laughs> deep underground, you have a, a bottle of tequila? She goes, Mm, yeah, we we do we do have a full bar technically, but <laughs> we just don't want you guys to kind of get too loose or so, something. What happened was she was like, "Can I get you guys a new beer or wine?" She again mentioned specifically beer and wine, and she started going through the options. And then I kind of like couldn't. I hadn't found anything that she that I liked, 
So I was hoping maybe they had some kind of white claw situation or anything. So I was like, do you have anything else? And then I kind of didn't say anything. And then she was like, well, we do technically have yes. a full body. <laughs> she was reluctant. She was very reluctant to offer us the sauce, the heavy sauce. But it's, this is what was so strange, was that you then ordered a tequila soda and she was like, okay, yeah. And then I go, dude, no, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Francis immediately <laughs> disarmed her. I don't know if he did it intentionally or not. It's still unclear to me, but you then made your drink order. I said, I'd like a Manhattan up on the rocks. <laughs> or no, I said, or I said, I'd like a, a rye Manhattan. She goes, great. Would you like it up or on the rocks? And was so in, sort of enchanted by my drink order <laughs> as if, oh, he's ordering a Manhattan. This guy can handle his liquor. We have nothing to worry about. Why didn't you tell me you were uh, an old, you know, an old sailor? Did you do that on purpose? No, that would have been my drink That's that funny. I would have wanted um, in that moment. So it was perfect. It disarmed her immediately. And then he like doubled down again unintentionally by inquiring where the man, the owner of the place was. Because he had played golf with him yeah. and that they were members of the same club. Yeah. Somehow, I think like those two things combined, she's like, all right, you guys can drink whatever Yeah, you and then from that moment on, I mean, it was as if she was trying to get us drunk. <laughs> she was She was so willing to she give us. So and cool, they were, man. they were. I mean, I, I don't want to get her in trouble. She was so wonderful and, and accommodating and the place was great. Uh, but the point is we had a few drinks before we went on stage. Then we drank some Stewart Spiked on stage. Yeah. And then when we got off stage and we went down to the bar to sort of hang out and meet some of the people who had come out, I mean, every party that was there, every group of four had, a you know, six shots lined up waiting for yeah. you and me to yeah. join them. And it was like running a gauntlet. I know. And the problem was that I agreed to the very first group. Uh, at the front of the bar you beat me down there i believe right or no no you were already Maybe, down oh, there. i was already down there yeah okay. so i agreed to the first they were like they they hand me the, you know i get to the front of the bar the beginning and this group hands me a shot and they're like do a shot with us we've been waiting for you and i was like ah okay and then all the other groups saw that i was open for business and then it would have been bad form for me to say no to them after right, having right, agreed right, to right, the first right. one but there's no there's no recognition in their mind that I might need half an hour yeah. between shots plus a burrito yeah. or whatever to yeah. drink it safely. So I just ran this punching bag <laughs> of shots where it was, I mean, every six to ten minutes. And I think I had four shots in, in you know, 20, 20 minutes, which is... <laughs> way too much for me yeah it's a lot that's too much for me i i don't drink like that and <laughs> i remember after the fourth shot i turned to sierra and i was like this is gonna be a problem i'm not this is not going to be good for me and there was so it was hard to prepare for that moment because there was so much going on like we had just it's our first live show which is by the way guys milestone pounds to the to the room pound it. ryan and chris pound the potato we're both here with us um very cool so anyway we're like Okay, what just happened? What like like thinking about that? No, like there was no part of my brain that was thinking, okay, we've set this up now that we are going to hang out with our crowd after the show at the bar and people are probably going to buy us shots. 
I, that thought never crossed my mind. Yeah. It should have been an obvious, <laughs> it should have been an obvious thought, but it just wasn't on my priority list of thoughts. I didn't realize that our listeners were such booze bags. I love it, dude. <laughs> that a, uh, oops, the podcast more like booze, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you guys didn't see that coming. Very good. So we got we got a little swept up in our own uh, glory, I think, and and I just thought I was invincible and paid the piper the next day. One last thing, you know, when they finally shut down the bar, we left. You guys went back to your place, and then Chris and your buddy, your roommate, you guys were walking to take the subway home, and I was like, "Oh, I'll walk with you," and you go, "Are you sure?" And I was like, "Yeah, what do you mean?" I'm going to take the subway too. And you were like, really? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, what do you mean really? And you were like, you're just more of an Uber guy. <laughs> and I was like, are you class shaming? Are you transportation class shaming me? No. Every time we've gone out to drink, you just take an Uber home. So I was just well, surprised that you were taking the I think subway. a lot of that is typically, you know, Dumbo, there's one subway. Yeah, and uh, it's late at night. It's just usually not that convenient. But I it also can fuck you late at night because sometimes it just skips your stop at night. Yeah, I was so bundled from these shots that I knew I needed to walk it off, get some fresh air. Uh. I didn't want to get in an Uber because I I felt like I was going to get car sick or you know throw up in his cup holders, <laughs> whatever it was, and uh, I'd rather mix it up. You know, sometimes when you're really drunk in New York City, riding the subway can be an experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know? it's true. And uh, I I took the subway home, and it was one of those things. It was one of those rare nights where you know, even at eleven thirty, you typically expect. I had to make a, a two two transfers, or we walked all the way to the A. I got on the A, and then I waited for the F at West Fourth. And usually at that time of night, you can face a seventeen eighteen minute wait for the yeah, train. Yeah, but I I got on the A or the C or whatever, you know, it, it arrived within two minutes of me getting wow, on the platform. Nice. Then I got off at West Fourth, walked downstairs to the F, and that came within three minutes. Which uh, Chris calls, Chris, what do you the call? The subway jackpot. The jackpot. Yeah, that's nice. You know, there's, um in, Lick, in Harry Potter, they drink liquid luck, the potion. Ryan, are you a Harry Potter fan? Oh, how dare you? None of you are Harry Potter fans. Are I'm you? a Harry Potter I fan. I mean, I've seen it, but I'm you remember not like Liquid a... Luck? No, but I'm a Harry Potter fan. Don't let me not remembering Liquid Luck not. They brew this very magical potion in uh, Half Blood Prince, which is very hard to make. But if you drink it, your night you you get very lucky. Like one thing after another, you just the the, the world materializes in front of you in the correct way. And uh, I felt as though I had had some Liquid Luck. In the subway situation. Got it. But you know something, Julio? My friend, a uh, friend of mine works at uh, a, a bank here in America. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Are you it's, serious, it's, dude? It's Bank of America. That's a bank why. Here in America. That's, that's why I said that. Bank I'm, of America, as you uh, might have guessed. A bank here in New York <laughs> it is. I didn't want to say the name, and then I just said <laughs> the name. Um, he works at Bank of America, and they just issued. I mean, this is public. This was in the New York Post. They issued a, I guess, some sort of memorandum to their to their employees saying to dress down as they come into work, uh, and 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 really dress down because crime has risen so much in New York City that these you know well-to-do bankers who are coming in wearing 
business casual attire and nice watches are more likely to get robbed on the way to and from work. And so they're telling them, you know, sort of slouch it up a little for your own safety. So I was glad that I was not wearing the old roly poly to our show. Oh, I was. I was. So I tugged my sleeves over the watch as I took the subway home, you know, which I don't know if that sounds really uh, douchey, but you got to be careful out there. You got to be careful, ma'am. You know, the watch, there's a time to tone down the watch. One of them is if you're going for your first interview, you can't wear a nicer watch than the guy who's interviewing. That's true. That's like interviewing for jobs one on one. And then, dude, if you're roaming those streets, man, you got to put away the old fucking the Batman. You got to put the bat signal away. Put the bat signal away. Quiet the bat signal. Harvey Dent has it under control. (laughs) These are peace times. Dude, Um, I got to say, so I'm no, I, I sit next to Francis. It's actually funny. You guys can probably tell this, but we sit next to each other, sort of the way where like you're on a plane. You ever sit next to somebody on a plane and like you think they're hot, but you don't actually see the front of their face <laughs> for the entire flight. So you sit next to somebody hot for seven hours and you just think they're hot, and then you realize it's a lie the second they turn. Oh, it's this not where I'm going with That's this. Too bad. I'm doing the opposite. I've noticed that you're sort of your peripheral. I'm peripheral. My side are, profile is not as flattering as my front. Por- I think you no, I'm, you have a very good side profile. And part of the reason is because I've noticed that your kind of like back teeth are very white. They're whiter than the average person's back teeth. Is that so? And I wasn't sure if you've been using the old Quipski. Oh yeah. I use the Quip, the Quipski. <laughs> I use the Quip. I wasn't sure if you're using the old Mikey Quipstein. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they'll hear this. <laughs> Quip toothbrushes. They are the pinnacle of, of the toothbrushing experience. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's a big month coming up. Lots of holiday parties. We don't know what you guys are getting up to out there, but there's going to be a lot of talking directly in people's faces, potential lip locking situations under the mistletoe. You want to make sure that your uh, oral hygiene is at its peak. The Quip electric toothbrush is loved by over 7 million mouths. It has time sonic vibrations with 30 second pulses to guide a dentist recommended two minute clean. I know that's what I struggle with. Yeah. I typically will be in and out 20 to 30 you seconds. Corners. You yeah. got to hit that two minutes. If you're counting it in your head, it's not going to be the actual two minutes. It's really help, uh, helpful. Nobody can count two minutes correctly in their head. The, the quip is also a fire design. It looks like some futuristic ex machina. Like yours. That's yeah. a good fucking movie. It is a good movie. And it, it looks like the type of toothbrush that would evade, evade radar detection. <laughs> It does. It's yeah. like a stealth toothbrush. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we love the Quip. It's amazing. If you uh, go to getquip.com slash oops right now, on top of their holiday savings, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free and up to 40% off bundles at getquip.com slash oops, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash oops, Quip, the good habits company. Mm. All right. I, I, I got something really quick. Um, speaking of hygiene, well, actually- I have two things that I want to sort of piggyback on top. Do you mind if I piggyback? Dude, piggyback it up. That's what we do here. It's the podcast. So during the live show, you started talking about my body. Oh, yeah. And you were... You have a hot bod, dude. You you stayed on this point. I know. To a point where I started getting aroused almost (laughs) by you talking about my body, which I don't even know what that means about me. But... um. I I appreciate it. It was very nice of you, but I was a little bit. I was a little embarrassed. You were. I'm sorry. I didn't no, it's okay. You. I can handle. Were you it. mad at me secretly? No, you weren't staring. No, you swear, dude. I promise. <laughs> I would tell you. But you, that was. Were you getting shy? 
What do you do when another guy <laughs> is praising your body in front of 160 people? Well, dude, I'm just impressed by the commitment to your body that you have. And you it's know It's not a commitment to my body. That's that's the distinction. It is a commitment to my mental health. Okay, that's fine too. But like, well, listen, the silver lining there is you get to have a fucking fire body, dude. And it's great. a by, it's a nice byproduct. But you you really mix. You, you can tell when you look at Francis's body. In oh the boy, nude. here we go. You can tell that he just he's hitting it from all angles. Like, not only is he muscular uh, and has good mass, <laughs> but he also has very low body fat, and you can tell that he has like figured out the dietary aspect. He knows how to do it, and he's been able to implement it. And you look at that at that guy's body, and you're like, "Good for you, dude." Well, I, I it's so kind. That's so sweet, and I'm I'm very appreciative. Having said that, Julio, I have been toying with the idea of a, of a major body transformation for my wedding. Wow, because you know people people really look at a wedding as a moment to to either you know lose a ton of weight or get in shape or do something dramatic. It's mm-hmm. it's a real goal that a lot of people work for men and women. Um, I've seen, man, I've seen brides drop so much weight. I mean, really dramatic, totally uh, sort of changes in, in, in the way they look. One of the great motivators. It, I guess it is. Cause you know, you, you, you get married once theoretically and they're, you're paying a photographer thousands of dollars. You want to look your best. I get it. 100%. All of that. Um, so, so what I think I want to do is that I'm I'm toying with the idea of becoming cartoonishly jacked. <laughs> I'm talking like WWE John Cena in a suit. You ever see John Cena in a suit? It's just like he just looks ridiculous. He looks like a plastic grocery bag filled with soup cans. <laughs> Dude, I just picture the tailor measuring every muscle on your body because, yeah. like, how impossible it's going to be to fit you for. This I want suit. my suit to rip at the tricep. <laughs> That's what I want. I want to. I want people to be like, why would he possibly have thought he could wear a suit around those bulging horseshoe triceps? So you had said at one point that one time you really committed yourself to like getting big, and you were like working out with a trainer and eating. Yeah, but I didn't take. I didn't take any real supplements or anything i didn't do creatine so i didn't even do protein i was just eating more so would you need to you gotta you gotta do would you have to stop drinking do you think no no i think you just you gotta um you gotta eat a preposterous amount of food yeah you know chicken constantly yeah white rice constantly and you need to uh you need to I think probably take like creatine and and mm-hmm. all that shit. And lifting five days a week, you think? Yeah, four, you could you could probably do it four days a week, three or four days a week, and you do your like bulking phase, and then you would cut towards the end. And what what are the time? What's the time like for that? Like, how long do you bulk for? Um, I don't exactly know. You know, I've never mm-hmm. done phases or anything like that. But my guess would be that I would probably bulk until about like a month before the wedding and then the last month would just be like a lot of cardio and then like uh high rep lower weight got stuff it. got it dude i remember it's funny one of the stop drinking water <laughs> how do you even get fitted for a suit at that point yeah you're yeah. you're ruining your tailor's day <laughs> i mean you have to go to like a very specific tailor at that yeah point. yeah so 
But yeah. dude, I, one of the weirdest things that I ever did, and like I, it was just a complete fail, swing and a miss on my part. But at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, like a Nick Simmons, the comedian. I think vaguely. Who Hillary calls him the protein lord, <laughs> which <laughs> anyway, he was like remotely training me, and like I just ended up like getting fat. I like don't know how that ended up happening, <laughs> but like I must have just like not been eating right or whatever. I must have been eating too much or whatever was happening. But like every week, I would like have to send him a shirtless picture, and it was like Ooh. one of the weirdest things I've ever had to do. Yeah, that's... I still have the like folder in my phone, and like every time I see it, I'm like, God, that was fucking weird. That's a strange <laughs> system of checks and balance of accountability. It was just the only way to do it. You know? All right, send me your weekly nude. You know? <laughs> yeah, dude, it was fucking weird. Well, um, okay. The other thing I wanted to piggyback with okay. on that hygiene note was that so Julio and I met up the night before the day before the um the show and we met up in manhattan to get lunch and talk about what we wanted to do and uh he said yeah i'm almost home you know do you want to do you need anything and i had come from doing a barry's boot camp class with crazy carl radke from summer house <laughs> and so i didn't have any facial moisturizer and these windswept streets of lower manhattan are a bear on the sensitive cheeks of a young man like myself so i said yeah dude the only thing i need if you've got it is some facial moisturizer and he goes yeah no problem i got you i mean it wasn't a weird request right one of the reasons that I needed this face cream, Julio, was because I had worked out so hard and I was sweating so much in that workout, mostly because I was wearing my bird dogs. <laughs> Those shorts to exercise in push me harder and allow for more effort because I don't feel restrained because I'm wearing, you know, the built-in underwear liner, which is incredibly comfortable. You have full range of motion. I do find sometimes with my sort of bigger thighs that sometimes I can wear a pair of shorts that will actually constrict my movement. Mm -hmm. And it actually, I can like hurt myself. It's bad. I like having the bird, the bird doggies. The bird dogs is the one, one, everything in one, the all it's the Swiss army knife of shorts. <laughs> I, I love them so much. We love them. <laughs> I wore them to this workout. I pushed myself harder. I felt like I could go for farther. <laughs> felt like I, or I, could, I felt like I could go further with my workout. Like I could push myself harder. Uh, we love them. Get some for your, the 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 person in your life this Christmas season this holiday season if you're looking for a good gift promo code is oops you will get a whistling football <laughs> soars through the air right into your hearts and minds uh, birddogs.com promo code oops buy them now so then he brings down to meet me on the street he brings down this really nice sort of tub of facial moisturizer. And I uncork it right there, and we're walking, and I take a little dab on my finger and start applying it. And he goes, that's not enough. You're going to need more. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, that's fine. I'm good. And he goes, no, no, you need some more. You need some more. And this this is such a typical thing between us where he's you know making sure that my face is properly moisturized on the street <laughs> in fucking Gramercy or whatever as we're trying to find a salad place um and and we're there's it's not weird there's no laughter it there's no weird, awareness yeah. of this it you know we, he's, he's like my father <laughs> dude I, I immediately started having a crisis when you declined for, for at first I was like is he just trying to be nice like he just doesn't want to like take too much of mine but then I'm like 
have I been applying way too much facial moisturizer? This whole <laughs> I had a feeling. I was like, how many of these things does he go through? How much is he spending on face moisturizer every fucking week? Because it wasn't, it was it was one of those smaller things. So it made me think, oh, this is fancy stuff, you know? You can really, you can get your paws in there and take a big scoop, which is fine. Because to be honest, I have a lot of facial moisturizer. Oh, you do? So if you were to have like gone overboard, it would not have been a problem. I see. Um, and I, I thought, yeah, I couldn't tell if you were just being polite or if you really have a have a different method than I do. Of you know, there, there is something when you're borrowing someone else's facial moisturizer where you don't want to go overboard. Right. You that's, know, that's, I, that's I wanted nice to be uh, exacting in mm-hmm. in how much uh, how much of a dollop mm-hmm. I took. Do you to be honest? I love facial moisturizer so much that if you had taken all of it. I would have actually been happy because I would have been one step closer to getting a new vial. Do you do you stick with the same kind or do you mix it around? Uh, you could get different kinds. Okay, so I have my favorites that I will use more often, and I'll typically mix it with a little cheap SPF just to make sure that I'm you got the skin, yeah, the skin young. Um, but I got to be honest, the ones that have the built-in SPF are almost the same as like orange juice that has the calcium in it. It just like hits a little differently in a bad way. Wait, so are you saying that you that you when you do? I prefer to mix my own SPF in. Oh, so you do a moisturizer and then you layer sunscreen on top. So I will take a a moisturizer that has SPF built in, and I will put like fifteen percent of what is already in my hand of the other moisturizer, and I will then mix them together and do it on my face. So you're you're I mean you're a full blown (laughs) chemist. Like you're a friggin' esthetician with a cauldron of you're just it's like like you're an art teacher, you know, mixing on a palette. Like so, I mean, you're giving me too much credit. But anyway, so I'll do that. But then I will be wary of sort of like expiration dates of some of these products. So like if I have a vial that has a shelf life, I'll make sure to hit that one. And especially if I'm using it before bed, I'll tend to use that one. Uh, Damn, bro, you're way deeper in the facial <laughs> moisturizer game than I am. And I thought I was pretty deep because, you know, I have really sensitive skin. I can't mix <laughs> products. My my skin gets a cut. I feel like either my skin gets accustomed to what I'm giving it. And then if I go, you know, out in the field, <laughs> I I can get sort of a breakout, you know, right. if I really yeah. if I really mix it up. It can be done. It can be done. <laughs> It can be done, dude. I listen. I feel you. I understand. So that was that was funny to me, though. Uh, my 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 routine, really quick. Yeah, I do a nice SPF. It's just a twenty. It's very gentle moisturizer in the morning. Love it. Uh, and then uh, at night, I do a I do a retinol moisturizer. Nice, because that's the anti aging right. stuff. That's the fancy schmancy. Boy. And that's why. And people are always telling me I've got nice skin. It's great. You do. Do yeah. you wash your, do you always wash your face before you apply it or do you, you'll just put it Yes, on? I do. Okay. Yeah, I do. And I've got a gentle face wash. Nice. Gentle. But I also have an exfoliating face wash, but I don't exfoliate every day because I feel like that's just going to make it too raw. Too much scrubbage. My, my, when I, I used to, once in a while, I used to get a facial and the woman told me, um, you know, when you shave, you should shave your forehead. What? And I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? What? You said, yeah, you should. Sh-. I'm like, I'm not the wolf man. You know? <laughs> I don't have a furry brow. 
She goes, no, you should shave your forehead uh, because it, shaving is a, is a, the best way to exfoliate your skin. Wow. And uh, she goes, this is why men age better than women. And I was like, whoa, whoa. lady, take whoa. it easy. <laughs> you can say that. I can't. Um, <laughs> your words But she mine. said because men, men shave, you know, every couple of days and they're constantly exfoliating their face. Um, and it's really good for them, which is why... You know, you're basically taking out a tiny outer layer of That's crazy. skin every single time you do that. You're getting rid of a lot of dead skin cells. And she said, make sure you uh, you should do you know your your sort of temples and your forehead. Just not not all the time, but every once in a while. Crazy. Sometimes I remember to do that, but boy, it feels weird to shave your forehead. It feels real weird. It's like shaving a basketball. <laughs> I don't know. There's nothing here. You know. Dude, what are weird. we doing? Dude, I got to say, I got to be better about put doing my night routine. The reason why I don't is because like I hate washing my face with my shirt on because you just get water on your shirt. So then I'm like, ugh, I'm tired. I want to go to bed. Now I'm going to take my shirt off, wash my face, put on moisturizer, put my shirt back on. Then like the sort of the periphery of my forehead hair is going to be a little wet. That's going to be uncomfortable. Do you, do you, do you, why are you wearing, why are you wearing a shirt? To I, wash wear, I wear shirts to bed, but taking the shirt off at that time of the night seems like a big. The shirt that you're wearing for face washing is that the shirt that you wear to bed? I will be wearing no shirt for face washing, but I see what you're saying. Like theoretically, I could change. Are you wearing your day shirt, your out in the war shirt, for face washing? I would be preferring to wear no shirt. For face washing. Yeah, so take your shirt off. Yes. And then you put your night bed shirt on. Sure. My advice. Yeah. You're getting ready for bed. You've been wearing your shirt out in the sewers, the tunnels, <laughs> the bomb shelters, whatever. I don't know where you're hanging out. <laughs> and you say, okay, it's time for face washing. You take your war shirt off. Mm-hmm. You wash your face. You dry yourself. And then you put your your night clean shirt on question for you about the night clean shirt i need to incorporate that step somehow there's too many steps like i'm going to the bathroom famously my bathroom is not in the bedroom as you all know so Mm -hmm. whatever i need to figure out how to incorporate that step that is a good suggestion but your night shirt how many times do you wear your night shirt first of all i've never worn a shirt to bed oh not since i was you know a toddler you sleep shirtless yeah always okay i sleep nude Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Big time. What's the point? I feel like there's a lot of risk involved with sleeping nude for me. Like, I'll just wake up and, like, my shit will be somewhere that I'm like, it's not supposed to be. And I'm like, what is going on here? What do you mean your shit? Like, what, what my, does my that junk. Mean? Like, oh, your genitals. My genitals, yeah. What, what are they going to creep away from you? I don't know. Like, sometimes, like. Do you have wandering dick? No, dude, but, like, one, you know, one ball will get. <laughs> We'll how end loose, up in a, how loose is your stuff? It's not that loose, but like sometimes it'll just end up in an uncomfortable position and then I'll have like a ball ache for the entire day. Okay. I kind of <laughs> get that. Uh, <laughs> so are you wearing, you're wearing supportive briefs, I'm assuming. Yeah, to uh, bed. Like a boxer brief sitch. Yeah. Typically, is hmm. what I'll rock out with. I, I, uh, I don't worry too much about that. I want I want everybody, you know, let the sheep graze. <laughs> let them find their way. Once you get to a certain age, you can buy sheets that are luxurious enough to warrant 
skin to skin, skin to skin to sheet to sheet contact. They say that a silk pillow is really good for your skin. Is that so? But I've never been able to get into a silk pillow. I see. But I'll tell you what, you should protect your junk the same way you protect your IP address. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And that's why. Yeah, you should. Stop ISP logging. Okay. Mm -hmm. How do you choose which internet service provider to use? The sad thing is most of us have very little choice because ISPs operate like monopolies in the regions that they serve. They use this monopoly power to take advantage of customers, data caps, streaming throttles, the list goes on. But worst of all, many ISPs log your internet activity and sell that data to other big tech companies. Francis, I know you're, you don't like the idea of that. I don't like that. that at all. I don't either. Or advertisers. To prevent ISPs from seeing my internet activity, we, prevent, we here at Oops protect all of our devices with ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is the best VPN I've ever used. That's for damn sure. It's pretty damn good, right? Mm-hmm. It's a simple app for your computer or your smartphone that encrypts all of your network data, and it tunnels it through a secure VPN server so that your ISP cannot see any, I repeat, any of your activity. And ExpressVPN does all of this without showing, without slowing your connection at all. And that's why it's rated the number one VPN service by Business Insider and The Verge. So stop handing over your personal data to ISPs and other tech giants who mine your activity and sell off your information. Protect yourself with the VPN that I trust to keep me private and Francis private online. Mm-hmm. Visit expressvpn.com today slash oops. That's expressvpn.com slash oops. E-X-P-R-E-S-S, VPN.com slash oops to get three extra months free. Go to expressvpn.com slash oops right now to learn more. So, dude, tonight, guys, second live show is happening. We're so fucking excited. I know what I'm going to be doing when I come out on stage, dude. As, as the great Chappelle once said, I'm going to come out and I'm going to be sizzling. Yeah. Sizzling is when you come out on stage and you just stand there. And you enjoy it. Yeah. And I'm going to sizzle. I'm going to look at all of you and I'm going to fucking sizzle. And you're going to have listened to this and you're going to be like, he's sizzling. He's sizzling. They're sizzling. Therefore, sustain your applause. Sustain it. Keep it going. I'm going to bask. Don't stop applauding until we're done sizzling. <laughs> That's it. Because it's, it's uncomfortable to sizzle to silence. <laughs> then you look like you're angry. <laughs> like why aren't you applauding what's wrong with you people oh dude it's very good stuff jeep um i'm excited for it too it's gonna be fucking cool man uh, yeah. we look forward to hanging out with you guys after the show i think we have decided we want to make a push for that to be a thing that we do at all of our live shows so it literally be it right like it I- I thought we had talked about this. Francis did, is like, what are you? Did we? It might be semantics. I'm, what I'm still saying. recovering from oh. <laughs> the friggin' shots that we took. Yeah, our our appropriate shot intake will be on us to figure out. Yeah, just don't be offended if I can't take a shot with you. If we turn down a shot, but we really enjoyed hanging out with everybody after the show, um, and we'd like to make that a thing yeah, that we do. Absolutely. In so we look forward to seeing you in your city at some point, uh, and tonight at the fucking show, City Winery. So that's it. Gonna be dope. Um, gee, I have a I have a bone to pick with this time of year mm. really quick. Um, I think that, and, and I'm sure this point has been made before, but I think that Thanksgiving and Christmas are too close together. Interesting. Because they're such family-oriented holidays. And Chris is knee-slapping. You agree with that, Chris, or not? You know, I've been saying this forever. Yeah, they're, they're, they're much too close together because you, you go to see your family at Thanksgiving and you go to see your family at Christmas, and then there's no other family holiday for the rest of the year, I guess some people maybe Easter, some religious holidays maybe, 
but we should be spreading these out because, you know, not for nothing, being with your family can be stressful, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, we, we only compound that stress by making our two biggest family holidays like four weeks apart, three mm. weeks apart. That's ridiculous. You need a little time to recover, a little space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked, I was wondering, you know, everyone around Thanksgiving and Christmas writes jokes, the memes resurface of, you know, oh, dealing with my family or, you know, mm-hmm. fighting with my family, like hearing my mom talk about where my, why don't I have a boyfriend or why don't I have a job, <laughs> whatever, all that stuff. Um, and I was sort of wondering, well, why, why is it, why are family holidays hard? You know? Yeah. And I asked my therapist that because mm. I, I have stress and she made a really interesting point. She said, because when we go to see our families, we often revert to the roles that we had mm. whether we want to or not you know we do it we become the son again as opposed to francis in my world um and they revert us to those roles as well so they treat you as the son um our families treat us as they have their whole lives so whatever respect you may have gained in your <laughs> life as 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 part of you know living with Hillary or what you do for your work, whatever roles you've defined and that you're accustomed to in your world ninety percent of the time, you go home and all of a sudden you know you've got to do your own laundry or you've got to help clean and or or they just the respect you may have gathered from comedy club bookers or colleagues or whatever is is gone yeah and you are just a son at home again as you were when you were a teenager as you were when you were a young boy all of that it's interesting and that's just the way it is and it's it's frustrating You, you without realizing you may wonder like why are why aren't they why don't they care that i you know have shit to do today or like totally Dude, and I think it goes even further than that. Just like the conventional, like being treated as a child forever. It's like there's also more, like sort of like they they can fail to ignore or they can fail to acknowledge the progression that you've made as an individual. Yeah, we grow and we change, and then yet I'm still being talked to as if I was like I'm my ten year old self. Yeah, just because of my personality, like as if I'm I'm one way, mm-hmm. and it's being ignored that I'm not. But the other thing that's funny, it, it, it even goes further than that. Like people will sort of assign you to a part, a point in your life. So say there's a point in my life when I was fucking living at somebody else's house for free. And I was like freeloading, right? Like, which is what had happened to me in the past. People will sort of like talk to me like that. Like in my family, it doesn't matter. Somebody. And they'll be like, oh yeah. Like, are you still? And I'm like, oh wow. Like you think I'm like, no, no, no. Like I know I make more money than you now, dude. Mm. Like whoever's saying this to me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like you can fuck off. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's, I would never say that, but you know what I mean? That's the thought I'm having. You battle with a lot and I have battled with it as well in a, in a very adjacent thing, which is, you know, people, people saying, are you still doing it? back, back 
earlier before I had anything going in comedy and people would say, are you still doing comedy? Oh, right, right, right. You know, there, there is a, we, you know, there's a, there's a sort of like, are you still playing around in that little sand pit of, of what you consider work while the rest of us commit to the workforce and a structured job? Uh, and it, you know, it feels very condescending. Um, I think you carry some of your own insecurity when you when you hear people ask you that question. Yeah, for sure. And it's not necessarily that they are trying to knock you down a peg. Mm-hmm. Are you saying you're saying in general, right? Well, they might just be like, "Where do you live now?" No, no, no. Like, dude, I'm like, I I see what you're saying. Me specifically, like, I I give people the benefit of the doubt. Where are you living now? Is not to me. Oh, you still like literally? They'll be like, oh, you like I wasn't sure adding tone. Like you I was, like, a, qu- I was, I was quoting. You had a very <laughs> unique living situation, um, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here uh, because I, I understand, I totally understand your point, and I, and I believe me, I, I, I'm sure had the I'm same sure. shit. I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, where you just feel like people don't take you seriously, and you want to remind them. You know, no, I'm doing fine. I'm doing well. Things are good. Yeah. Um, but like your un- living situation was unique in that one, it was free, mm-hmm. and two, it was comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, you weren't roughing it. Right. 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 Uh, and so it's an interesting thing to other people. Mm-hmm. Like nobody else is really experienced. It's a very rare totally, thing totally, to experience. Totally. totally. Um. But I, but I get it. Yeah. No, I mean, dude, listen, I'm, I'm, I don't go home with a chip on my shoulder feeling I need to prove myself. And to be honest, when I was younger, maybe I would, I did because it's like, you're in this environment, right? And like, you're trying to make it, you're doing it. And then like, when you, something about going home sometimes would remind you that like you hadn't for some, for whatever reason, like made it like you're no longer in the environment. And like, maybe I'm like, oh wow. Like the environment was really all that I had. Like, I have nothing to show for that. Like, I have made progress, but I have nothing to show for my progress. And it would, like, make me feel bad. And I know that, like, I have progressed in my career because I don't feel that way anymore as I get older. That's good. You know what I mean? That's good. Um, but the environment can drown out and, and uh, being in the environment of your work can very easily allow you to ignore your, your reality. And not Absolutely. not hear the important questions of your life for sure, for sure. Uh, because you're surrounded by the noise, which is very reinforcing. Mm-hmm. You know the bustle, the you know all that. And it's only once you get home, maybe that the the silence sets in. Right, that too. That forces you to hear those different difficult sort of soul searching questions, or you know a very penetrative question from. A high school acquaintance right right like yeah they can like cut through which was always such a bummer it's like people you know what i mean it's like <laughs> yeah. you, they don't know that you're like feeling like shit you know what i mean they're like oh this guy thinks he's hot shit we're gonna knock him down a peg be like oh so is that your primary income just like some like question where they know they know that it's not yeah and they like want to make you feel bad and you're like oh dude they'll thanks. say oh is that is like, that early? all you do right 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 <laughs> Dude, what do you mean like that. all that I do? What do you do? Yeah. Yeah, you feel the urge to do that. Um But it's also like an dude, it's an LA thing too. And like 
you know, you're in LA, right? You're trying to make it. And like, you're at some party and there's like famous people there and that you like feel you're like, Oh wow. Like, look, I'm in the mix now. Yeah. But you're, <laughs> but you're not, it, you're not, which is why I think that to your point before it's important to have that time away so you can assess you're like, Oh, am I actually doing anything Yeah. or am I not? Because to, to your point, if you're just going to the cool party, that's not doing anything. Yeah. Like th- think about pictures of famous people. Think about how many like random people there are in the background that nobody knows who they are <laughs> yeah. and do nothing. You know what I mean? Something that was re- very reinforcing to me and very validating uh, was a moment. This has stuck with me recently where uh, some very dear friends of ours were, you know, asking us uh, if we wanted to get a dinner on the books or something. And I, I was saying this too before we started recording, but December is this month where for whatever reason, I mean, it is just so, so packed with commitments. Uh, I have more plans in December than any other month. We were just talking and about thanks this. Thanks God I don't have any like road dates, but uh, because, because you just, it, you have to fight for a night to yourself. You have yeah. to fight so hard. I mean, I have been asked, as I said, by like three different people, what are you doing, you know, December 15th, which I think is like a Tuesday night. And I'm like, I've already got plans for a tuesday night three weeks from now like that yeah, that yeah. doesn't happen in any other month i know um so you know it's christmas parties it's drinks it's dinners it's whatever um but uh something that was very reinforcing to me was uh these friends of ours we were trying to get this thing on the books and kind of couldn't really find a date and uh i said something like you know i wish we hung out more uh we love hanging out with you guys. And they were like, yeah, it's just tough. You know, everyone's busy. Fran, you travel all the, t- all the time for work. You're always traveling. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do I? Do I travel more than they do? Uh, do you? Well, I guess I, guess <laughs> I realized that, you know, when you, when you do four or five road weekends in a row or five weekends out of eight in a row, people are like, you're, you're gone all the time. You forget that. On the Thursday of that week, right? Your buddy texted you and was like, "You up? What, what are you doing on Saturday? Let's watch college football." And you're like, "Sorry, I can't. I'm going to Richmond." Right. right you know, right, and, right. and and you forget that they knew that. Right. And it's right. that that you're always texting them that. Right. Interesting. And so I held. I felt a a little bit of satisfaction in that my friends were keenly aware that I am very committed. To what I do, and that there is no, I hope there's no thought of of that from them of like, oh yeah, he's off chasing that, chasing that white rabbit of comedy, that <laughs> fake career that he's still embedded in. <laughs> no, it sounds like you know you have it, it. It takes a second to get people on to realize that like your things are real things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that like you not being able to go to dinner all the time is like is not you know what i mean like you have you have work too yeah you know and that it's just as valuable as whatever theirs is very true you know just because even if it's like uh different i mean i think for you dude like the 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 very amount of sky miles that you have should be a validation of how hard you work you know yeah your status your airline status is proof positive of your commitment right. to your field. Agreed, man. Agreed. Um, you, you bring something up because well, I've just been throwing all no, kinds no, no. of this shit No, no, no. This is good stuff. So real quick. So we are going to have some t-shirts available 
uh, on Thursday. Um, we're gonna t- we'll talk about it a little more in the episode and tell you where you can find it and all that stuff. If you guys are looking for a last second Christmas gift and stuff, if you are to buy it, uh, you, we should be able to get it to you on time. Um, and yeah, I mean it's that time of year, dude. Some Christmas, uh, some Christmas gift ideas. If you guys are still tying off loose ends with Christmas shopping, I don't know how quickly you get ahead of that. We're working with a very cool company called Skylight Frames. Um, and if you're looking for perfect gifts for your loved ones, this is a really cool digital frame situation. We have ours set up, and it's it's awesome because you it, it cycles through photographs and you know sort of your photo bank, and you just you just see photos that you haven't seen in a long time displayed. And you're like, oh yeah. yeah, they're only up for a few seconds, and it's nice to have that sort of trip down memory lane you know, featured on your top of your piano or coffee table or whatever. It's very cool. And it's funny. I, I think uh, the first thought that a lot of people have are like, oh, well, I don't know if boomers are going to be able to wrap their head around using this because like that's maybe the t- a person that could be, this could be a good gift for. And that's actually not true. It's a super easy, uh, it's a super easy product to use. Uh, it's a photo frame that you can update instantly by email from anywhere. Uh, and it sets up effortlessly in under 60 seconds. You just plug it in, use the touchscreen to connect your wireless network and enjoy it's like a very simple easy thing to, to use and it there's also 100 percent satisfaction guaranteed so if you don't love your skylight they'll offer you a full refund um and yeah so now as a special offer you can get ten dollars off your purchase of a skylight frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter code oops uh to get ten dollars off your purchase of a skylight frame just go to skylightframe.com and enter code oops that's s-k-y L I G H T F R A M E dot com promo code. Oops. Nice. Get in there. Um, dude, you guys just got a Christmas tree. We did. So I want to talk about this uh, because we were laughing about an email that we got about Christmas trees as well. I want to hear about your Christmas tree uh, process and we'll, we'll, we'll unpack this a little. You know, it, it's the first Christmas tree that I've gotten in a few years. Um, and it makes me regret the years that I did not get a Christmas tree there to me and you know sorry to anyone who doesn't celebrate Christmas or this is not to, to try to leave you out or anything but I just there is no more cozy atmosphere inducing thing than a, a lit Christmas tree yeah it's nice there is I, I mean I guess maybe a roaring fireplace but <laughs> You're not going to have that in New York typically. So, uh, we, you know, having a, a Christmas tree with its lights on, because you can turn the rest of the lights off in the apartment and that be the only light source and it just shimmers. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Christmas really has good branding, dude. Oh, they've, <laughs> you know what I mean? they crush it. Da, yeah. Da, 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 da. Music. I mean, I, I, I can only imagine how frustrating it must be when this time of year comes around every year for people who don't celebrate Christmas because it's so in the face. Yeah, it's so in the face. It's so uh, overt and incessant. And every year it's the same. Every year it comes back. You ought to. You got to be wondering, like, man. Is this ever going to peter out? <laughs> you know, are they ever going to tone it down? No, not not in America. Doesn't look like it. No. Dude, it's funny you say that because after I spoke to you on the phone and you told me that you had just got a Christmas tree, and I realized I hadn't even thought of that. I didn't I wasn't planning to get one for You got to get one and you got to get it now, Julio. Okay, so just hear me out. So I said to Hillary, I go, "Are we going to get a Christmas tree?" She goes, "What? I'm Jewish." 
<laughs> it's like okay, fucking Ebenezer Scrooge over here. But <laughs> but I realized I realized what she meant by like I realized that she's she, I don't think she cares about having a Christmas tree, but I think she's afraid of my like ceremonially Christian identity, like completely putting out her ident her putting out her like Jewish identity. Or well, yeah, <laughs> I I get that, but you know. <laughs> I think you your question is probably coming more from a, a standpoint of is it okay for us to bring a tree into our apartment? I think she wouldn't I think she'd be fine with it. It's but, not so much like a a denominational, you know, cultural sensitive question. It's like will you help me carry a fucking tree tree in right, here? Right, right, right. You guys, you know, that's a huge thing yeah, that yeah. takes up space in your apartment. So totally. you'd have to run that by her. So, but dude, the uh like she's coming to Christmas this year too. So I think that like all these little things, like I think slowly she feels sort of like that her identity is slowly being rolled back. Like I don't think in any sort of actual threatening way. But like I don't I don't know how thoroughly her family like celebrates the holidays you know in general i think it they do some stuff but i don't think it's a, as sort of like thorough and extravagant as what like christmas just is mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's just like like you said it's like a big it's everywhere it's in your fucking it's face. really in you face. know what i mean well why don't you why don't you say let's get a let's get a menorah and light the candles and and celebrate some of your totally you know, i'd be things. open to it for sure i'd be open to it by the way the i have to say I have a I have a soft spot for the menorah candle lighting ceremony. It's a you ever done that thing. with never, somebody? Ah, probably. I and they say that. the prayer. It's it's, it's cool, nice. man. It's a cool uh, that that you know it it you're like oh this is this is nice. It's yeah. it's, it's warming too. A menorah a nice is warming. It's a nice thing. You know, I wouldn't put it next to a Christmas tree. Dude, I'm open. I'm I'm open to to having it for sure. I want to talk. I want the. I want to talk more about this. But first, I want to talk about this uh, Christmas tree email that we have. Oh, good. Yeah, I thought you'd enjoy this. Um, so, uh, this is called shocking evidence for Christmas tree preference. Francis and Julio, big fan of the pod, listen to every episode. Uh. I would like to get your commentary on this topical and interesting phenomenon that happens during the Christmas season. For some context. I'm an aspiring anthropologist and working on my master's degree thesis. In my search for possible topics, I can't help but wonder why someone chooses to purchase a real tree versus a fake one. This comes up a lot. Yeah. On the surface, the answer could be simply deduced by or deduced to return on investment. But after closer observation, there's been a shocking correlation between tree and breast preference. What? Simply, what? simply put. A guy that goes for the artificial tree also tends to have a significant other with fake boobs. <laughs> Which, and the guy on, quote, team real tree is partial to his lady remaining all natural. To further psychoanalyze the two cohorts and draw some confidence in my theory, let's take a further look at what boobs and trees have in common. Fake trees enjoy the benefits of a perfectly shaped tree, consistently lacking maintenance or worry. With the blessing of their significant other, they get to go to the store and pick the size, look, and aura the tree will provide. Year after year, he gets exactly the same look and feel. <laughs> Certainly a convincing decision minus the hefty, hefty upfront cost. In contrast, a natural tree guy is dissuaded by perfection, but finds true value in finding a beautiful tree in the wild that can be dressed up to bolster its highlights. He values imperfections that are unique and created by real nature, not Jesus something perfected in a lab. Christ. 
Now, I don't want to bore you with more evidence and give away too much on this monumental discovery, but this doesn't stop at just boobs and trees. This spills over into other preferences like used cars versus new cars. Um, anyway, looking forward to hearing your take on the matter. Maybe I'll throw you a bone by featuring your thoughts in my award-winning thesis. Hope to hear soon. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you know, th- this this sounds... It doesn't sound like this guy's an anthropologist. <laughs> It sounds like this is what he thinks about, number one. And number two, that this was his thesis. So yeah. That email was what he's been working on. Like <laughs> and I don't think I don't think there's like a theory out there more. that he's there's a people have noticed a trend. No, dude, that's your theory. He just thought of that. I think he's just the one espousing that whole theory. Yeah, I think I agree. And um, I think that he like him saying he was an anthropologist, uh, but like you said, he did say aspiring. So maybe that was just complete bullshit that he pulled. Anthropology out of his ass. is the study of civilizations and humanity, correct? Right. Society, people, people, and sort of yeah, yeah. It's a very it's kind of pretty broad, I think, but it's cool. I do dig anthropology. See, my only question is, like, you know, I was expecting there to be some kind of like study there, and apparently there isn't. And yeah. I, you just have to think that, like, that's just the amount a funny of, thing he yeah, said. The amount of people who buy fake trees. There's no way most of them have partners with fake boobs. There's just no fucking way. Yeah, you think about look. There, there. Look, I, you could try to make this work. You know, I feel like <laughs> where are the places in the country that people tend to buy fake trees more than other places? My guess would be Florida. <laughs> Which? Well, because you because you can't grow fucking right pine trees. Whatever. What are they? What are, fur trees? It also happens. What to are be, what are the types? Of, what oh, are what are Christmas trees? they're evergreens evergreens okay yeah you you don't grow those in florida right, right? so in florida is where i know there to be the most fake boobs so maybe there's some traction here that's that would make sense there's a correlation there but i would also say um before he got into the whole breast thing the reason that i prefer a real tree to a fake tree is very simply the smell mm. the smell of a real tree gives off that sort of uh piney it's really nice wild wonderful natural scent and uh we've come to know is seasonal and we then like associate with the holidays you like get high on the smell yeah it 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 brings me back to growing up in maine where the whole the whole state smelled like that and (laughs) it transports me home and i love it i i i don't like fake trees in the same way that i don't like fake flower arrangements i mean What's the point? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think, all due respect, fake trees, fake flowers, it's just lazy. You know, you, you don't want to deal with the, the needles being shed. You don't want to deal with the cleanup. I would I would guess that with a fake tree, you can just buy one and then throw it in the storage closet every year and bring it back out. Right. Uh, so, you know, yeah, it's a lot lower lift and, and less work intensive, but you don't get those wonderful flaws you don't get those uh sort of the wooliness or the errant branch that pokes out at the wrong angle right right you know it's it's less human it's less real obviously so it also requires significant storage space yeah which i don't know that we have much of that here yeah you know also going to pick out a christmas tree what a what an enchanting process that is it's like going to pick out a puppy Right, right. Like, look at that one. That one's huge. (laughs) This one's even bigger, but this one's more. This one's more girthy. 
you know <laughs> oh this one's fuller at the bottom but kind of not that nice and kind of spindly at the top you know what do we what do we want we did that at the whole foods parking lot which you know is a little bit of a halfway fake process in and of itself i don't know man you we went to whole tree. foods because real trees are real tree. the, the price is uniform it's just the same price it's cheap you know yeah much cheaper it's so expensive here um yeah. ryan handed me this stat it says that uh more than half of consumers reuse artificial trees and 17 percent people buy 17 percent of people buy real trees every year 17 percent only buy real trees and that means the rest are buying have a fake one yeah. yeah, but hold on. There is an important note there. It said more th- only 17% of people buy a new tree every year. So there could be people like us who buy, when we do get a Christmas tree, we buy a, a real one, but we only buy it every couple years. So you don't have a Christmas tree every year is your point? Well, I didn't have one last year and I didn't have one Got year it. before interesting, that. Interesting, interesting. It's been interesting. a few years since I had one. Well, one thing here, it says 80% of Americans get a Christmas tree every year. The majority of people, 63%, will put up an artificial tree, while 24% will get a real tree. 10% of people have multiple trees. It varies every year, but it seems, surprising, it seems surprising that it seems that more people have artificial trees than real trees. Yeah. It's surprising. Interesting. Well, I, I wonder if it has to do with... To your point, some places you just South. can't get a real one. Like, yeah. where are you getting a Christmas tree? You right. know, in New in, Mexico. Yeah, exactly. Texas. Crazy, bro. Interesting. Um, well, dude, I have, be- I have fully begun my process of Christmas shopping. Um, I'm done with most of it, and I'm excited for Hillary's gift. What, what's today? This episode, this is okay. So I can't even say it yet because it'll spoil the surprise. Because Hillary is in Las Vegas right now, and for work, yes. And I don't want to spoil the surprise. No, nor should you. Um, but the, it should be ready to go soon, and I'm excited to share and see what you guys thought of it. What do you think about making gifts? I think it's a nice, it's a nice thing to add. But if it's the only thing you've done, it just like says that you don't have any money, and that's embarrassing. <laughs> well, you could you could make a gift that actually the materials did cost something. That is true. Like if you're a carpenter and you fashioned a well-hewn armoire <laughs> for your significant other, I mean that's a it's <laughs> a hefty gift. That is true. Okay, fine. But like you know, like a scrapbook or like, and I certainly, I've certainly given those as gifts before. I feel like you have to accompany it with something of like some kind of monetary value mm-hmm. unless you don't mind the question being asked does this guy have no money and some there have been times in my life where that didn't matter to me because i knew it was obvious <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it wasn't that embarrassing yeah um have you been doing any of that yet well i mean sierra sent me a a list of uh she, I mean, she's looking for a coat mm. and uh, she gave me a few options in an email like six different options and they're all different. It's a price range, you know? Yeah. So there's the cheapest one, and then there's the most expensive one, and there's a a, a, a significant difference in price. Yeah. And I do <laughs> not know how to navigate those waters. You might have to get her something else also that she's not expecting. You can get her the cheap one, and then you can just get her like some other thing that she's not expecting. But also, the cheap one looks shitty to me <laughs> to me and i don't know women's coats all that well but i would think she just threw that on there as like a as like a 
formality. A nice, nice thing for me. <laughs> you know, where she deb- she knows that I won't get it for her, and she doesn't would never be happy to have that. Maybe, maybe. it's the control group. I'm of trying the to experiment. get into her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you know, but that, uh, but that it's a way of her being like, I'd be happy with with almost nothing this year. You know, uh, but the, the the cheap coat looks like dog shit. <laughs> and I wouldn't want to see her in it. That's funny. Uh, and unfortunately, like so many things in life, the best looking coat, in my opinion, is the most expensive one. <laughs> unfortunately. And I wonder if I had done this as like a blind taste test with no price tags next to the oh, coats. Which one would you have picked? Which one would I have chosen? That's funny. I do wonder about that. Um, so maybe that's what I'll do. She's sort of tried to make this easier for me, but you know, I, look, I, I'm a big believer in experiences versus items. Oh yeah. And I love the idea of getting us, you know, flights somewhere or, uh, something for us to do together. But I I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to have my act together in time for that. Um, and also it's just a tough year uh, in that we're planning the wedding. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm staring down the the, the barrel of insane expenses that mm-hmm. are coming my way and it's all pretty daunting. Yeah. Not to mention, we've talked about this Christmas bonus season. I mean, this is the first year we've lived in a doorman building. Oh yeah, same for me. I've got like four doormen and two supers. Dude, I feel like one of my doormen has really amped up the charm in the last couple months. Too. I made a joke <laughs> to one of them. We we pulled up in front of the building with a big load of Whole Foods groceries and the Christmas tree, and he hop skipped and jumped <laughs> right out, opened the door. Let me get that for you. You know, he brought the little trolley. You know, do you need this? And I made a joke, and I was like, oh, somebody knows that Christmas bonus season is right around the corner, and he did not laugh. And then I immediately felt horrible. Oh yeah, about yeah. It. that's a that's an awkward joke for sure. That's, I, and that's I, a dad joke. I had to I had to walk it back. I was like, I hope you know, I was kidding about that. <laughs> and he did something very sweet. He just put a hand on my shoulder. He goes, "No, you weren't." He didn't say I, anything. I know, no, he no, just no. went like that. That is sweet. Didn't say anything and sweet. just just did that as in as if to say, "No sweat." I didn't take it personally. Dude, um, that's very fucking funny. Yeah, our guy like. He has this smile, and I don't know if it's because they've taken away the the mask policy for the doorman in the building. But he does this like, this like, <laughs> this like, like he puts his head on a forty five degree angle. He does this little grin. I I fucking love this guy. I think he's hilarious. He tells me all about UFOs and stuff. But I'm also like, <laughs> is he just like amping up the charm, or maybe I've grown on him now, and he's like he likes me more. Yeah, we'll do one more, one last suggestion for uh, holiday gifts here. Um, Storyworth. It's a cool company that we're yes. working with that allows you to like, and it's really fun to give to somebody who's like older in your family because it allows them to answer a series of questions over a period of time. Uh, and that eventually ends up turning into a book. That's like a story of their life. And it's a really cool way to learn about, about them. Mm. And I, I gave it to my mom. Uh, she's been enjoying kind of like answering the questions every week and it can just be something simple. Like what's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life? You'll get an email Every once in a while, asking something like, "What were your hobbies when you were a kid? Like, what was your favorite subject in school? Um, all, all all sorts of different kind of stuff." But it ends up compiling into this really cool keepsake. Uh, and you know, reading the weekly stories just kind of like helps you connect with your loved ones, no matter how near or far uh, or far apart you guys are. Mm-hmm. So, with Storyworth, uh, I'm giving those that I love 
the most, a thoughtful, personal gift from the heart, preserving their memories and stories for years to come. Go to storyworth.com slash oops, save 10 bucks on your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash oops to save $10 on your first purchase. It's S-T-R, uh, sorry, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H.com uh, slash oops. That's a good gift Check there. It it's cool. Yeah. Um, so dude, the wedding talk actually made, had me thinking. A, a, a combination of this wedding and Christmas talk had me thinking about the fact that you know, our, my girlfriend and I come from different backgrounds. Not that either of us are particularly religious. I don't want to speak for her. And our family certainly, you know, uh, you know, I was baptized, but I think my parents, my dad specifically, did not have good experiences going to Catholic schools as kids. And I don't think by any means my parents expect me to have some kind of religious wedding. Uh, but I wonder, like, what it, what the the family in general feels like about this kind of stuff. Because, you know, Jewish weddings are like a very specific kind of mm-hmm. thing and there's really fun awesome things that come along with that uh and then whatever like am, am i expected to like do am i expected to like step on the glass am i like will it be weird if i don't like do people want me to do that like do what should i want to do that like i don't really know any of the and granted this isn't a problem that i have anytime soon but like what do you am i overthinking this well i think that you know look dude what i've learned is that when it comes to the wedding, you're just going to do whatever she wants. So no matter what. So that is, that will be the case. So, but I don't know if she, she's going to tell me I need to do. Any so of then, shit. then it, it, that's just, it's just her call. Right. And I'm, you know, and I would be open to it. I think it, yeah, it, no, it, I am. It's, it's, you know, I think weddings have be, become more modernized in a lot of ways where people are selecting, you can, you can kind of almost do like a hybrid. Yeah, uh, and take different customs from different faiths. Right. If it is, uh, I I hate you know an interfaith marriage, um, but you know I, I think I think the Jewish wedding customs are super fun. Yeah. Um, and we talked about you know the ho- the chair hoisting on the dance floor mm-hmm. yeah. happening at non-Jewish weddings, and I thought maybe that was cultural appropriation, but every Jewish person has. I know has told me that actually they love the fact that that's happening at non-Jewish weddings. And totally. uh, I, I think there's sort of a sharing of, of different uh, things that people like from different customs. And, and it's uh it's a, a hat tip, an honoring of something people liked. And you guys can kind of just pick and choose, Yeah, you know, make it, make it your own, make it whatever you want. Totally. What are you t- technically? I don't even fucking know, dude. I think I, like, I'm like nothing. What are your parents? Like they're not practicing. Like I go, I was baptized, but then it baptized. Ended. Baptized is what Catholic, I guess. Catholic, but dude, I'm not. We've never gone to like we went to like different kinds of churches when I was a kid. My parents thought that like we should have some religion. We went to literally like different sort like different kinds of churches. Mm, we went to like a Protestant around. church. We went to an Episcopal church. I don't think we ever went to a Catholic church. Yeah. Um. So I don't really fucking know. And anytime it would get too much, like. Like one of the guys in town would say to my dad, like, man, we need to get Julio more involved in the house of the Lord. They would be like, okay, that's too much. Really? And then we would like stop going type of thing. Huh. Um, but dude, I pulled, did I tell you guys this? I pulled like a little micro prank on Hillary regarding this topic. We were sitting at a wedding together and I knew, and I've always been like, you can do, you're going to get to plan the wedding. And I looked at her and I was like, you know, I've actually decided that I have some much stronger opinions on this than I had originally thought. I told you guys this. <laughs> And she, t- she, before I could tell her I was joking, she said to told her grandmother what I said, and she goes, "Get rid of him." Uh. <laughs> she was kidding, but it was funny. I think at least I don't know. Whatever. 
Love that. What are you gonna do? I feel like you've told me that. I probably have. That that might be a repeat no? story. Yeah. Ryan okay. has heard it. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good good the checks old, and balances. The old podcast skip record skip. Maybe I was out for that one. Yeah, no, dude, awesome. Um, okay, we'll do a little email ski and then we'll uh we'll hit the road here. What do you say? Oh, that sounds fun. Okay, so this one is called Food Hacks. Food Hacks. I think that our spoon conversation resonated with people. It which sure I did, and everybody has been sending, you can't spell oops without spoon. Dude, yeah, baby. Which, <laughs> you can't spell, it's gotta be, you can't spell spoon Food without, without oops. oops. Yeah. <laughs> which, that feels like a t-shirt if I ever <laughs> saw one. Is a spoon gonna become the new object symbol? Dude, it's so funny. Some yeah. guy messaged me yesterday being like, what about a spork, dude? I'm like, Dude, sporks are ghosts. What are we in prison? Yeah, get out of here, here, spork, (laughs) spork. Um, all right, this is called food hacks, and I don't know if this is obvious to everybody, but we'll see what people think here. Longtime listener, love the variety of topics you guys cover. After listening to your Thanksgiving podcast, I just had to share some food hacks with you, Julio. I share your frustration with eating tacos, but I absolutely love them. And recently, I learned of an awesome hack. Tacos typically come with two tortillas, and if you only use the single tortilla to eat the taco all the drippings and fallen soldiers will land on the plate-laden taco tortilla. The plate-laden tortilla, sorry. Now you have another taco waiting for you, holding all the goods you couldn't keep together. Mm, it's, landing t- it's like a landing tarp, kind of? Dude, and I, have, I actually have an additional thought to add to that. It, it is, like a, yes, like a landing tarp. But what if you take, you, you peel off the outer taco and you just slide it back a couple inches and then use the end of that taco as sort of like a taco like you said, landing or catching area for the stuff that would be pushed out when, when you bite? And was that the actual intention? Well, isn't that what he's saying? No. He's saying that you actually take it off and you leave it on the bottom. So when you take that bite and inevitably food shoots out of the back, it will then land on the bottom tortilla. And what are you saying? I'm saying you take the outer tortilla and just slide it back a little bit. So now you're holding, you pinch it from behind. With that extra tortilla, there's nothing in it now, but by the time you get halfway through the oh, taco, I see what you're it saying. will fill up with You make taco. it a longer tube. Yes, the extendo. Yeah, but how 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 much can you rely on the sort of detritus falling <laughs> in the correct direction? Because Detritus. To, how, to me, uh, his point is, you know, you, you've got to create the largest sort of... <laughs> It's like catching someone jumping off of a building. What kind of what kind of projectile taco thing are you envisioning? Dude, those those little bits and pieces go everywhere. You can't rely on it falling perfectly straight down the tube to the extendo that you've created. You you need the big full tarp below. I feel like you could do it in a way cuz dude, I feel like if they do it does tend to plop down. It doesn't, it's not like a fucking... Um, yeah, but it can spill out the top. It, it can spill left. It can spill right. You know, when I, I spill right. from I a talk right. out, right. it's not just it's not right. just falling out the front end. It can come out of the top. Um, like a, And forget about if it's a hard taco. Yeah, forget it. Forget about it. And the other thing I would say, it. this is my issue with his new solution, which is, you know, whatever, um, whatever flotsam and jetsam washes up on the shores... <laughs> what on earth... Whatever flotsam and jetsam washes up on the shores of the of the waiting taco bed is not going to be enough meat, cheese, beans, guacamole to justify the balance needed for a tasty 
taco, a, a second taco. I that's going to be a mostly that. shell, mostly breaded thing taco. Just he's like cornbread. Yeah, that's such a bread heavy taco. Yeah. You'd be like, why did we run out of beans and meat? What happened here? Interesting. So I don't even think I'd want to eat that. I think we're on to something here, but I agree that there needs to be, we need to try it out. Do you know what Flotsam and Jetsam is? I was just about to follow up on that. What so the Flotsam, and Flotsam and Jetsam are seafaring terms. One <laughs> actually is uh, the sort of excess um, stuff that like gets, you know, comes loose from a ship that might wash ashore. So like, let's say you had a, and, and by the right way, Ryan, look this up. One, of, one is that, and then the other is just, I think, general debris. That could wash ashore, whether it's like driftwood or trash or any of or that. Or decomposing whale. Yeah. And they mean dip, they do mean slightly different things, but you rarely, rarely hear one without the other. How interesting. You almost always hear flotsam and jetsam. Flotsam and jets. But that's it, that's good. It's like all encompassing. Yeah. Ryan, which one's which? Which one is flotsam and which which one is jetsam? Flotsam is boy. Can I guess? <laughs> How did can you I guess? Even yeah, guess. find this? Because because Jetson, I would get get Jetson is probably stuff that has been jettisoned from a ship. So it's the stuff from the ship that has been thrown ashore. A family. Whereas from outer Flotsam space. is like the trash or other debris, just random stuff. Or is it the other way around? What do you think? <sighs> I don't know. That's my guess. So Flotsam is the debris that was not deliberately thrown overboard. Uh, and jetsam is what was deliberately stuff that has been jettisoned from the ship to make the ship lighter or is that what it says exactly yeah to lighten the ship's Man. load words also the first I thing that popped, the first thing to pop up was a band <laughs> what's that first thing to pop up was a band there's like a band flotsam and jetsam wow hardcore dudes over here i would have thought they would have chosen one or the other <laughs> <laughs> dude the jetsons is the first thing i thought yeah um, it's jet sam J-E-T-S-A-M, I think, yeah. And then Flot Sam. I think this is an interesting thing about language, that there are such there are things that are so similar, yet so different. Like, this is even, this what I'm about to say is more specific version of this, but like, for example, abundance versus a plethora. Yeah. Right? So like that, I feel like people use plethora wrong a lot. Like, a plethora is referring, you correct me, to like a series of different things, whereas an abundance is referring to the same thing. An abundance of golf balls versus a, a plethora of Christmas gifts. Yeah, so I see what you're saying, and, and you might be right. I mean, a plethora might be like a, a, a large variation of choice, mm-hmm. whereas an abundance could just be there's a ton of blueberries. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. That could be, but I also think, and I could be wrong about this, but abundant, I, 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 as I think, plethora typically means that it's a, like a super abundance. It's a higher degree of abundance. Wow. But I could be wrong about that. Plethora to me is stronger. I, I, I do agree with your initial mm. su- suggestion there. What do you got, Ryan? Abundance is a very large quantity of something. Yeah, okay. a lot of blueberries, and then. Plethora, plethora is a large or excessive amount of something. So they're synonyms. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're synonyms. Are, are we sure? Can we ch- double check on that? That they're synonyms. I'm not, I'm not trying. I to think be, that if I'm you looked curious. under synonyms of abundance, you would see plethora and vice versa. Would be my guess. Okay. Well, another one of these, and this is funny because Hillary 
said this to me. She goes, do you actually know the difference between those two? And I did. And I said, yes. But I don't think she believed me that I knew. Synonyms. Synonyms? Okay. No. Got it. Glad we put that one to rest. Fewer or less? <laughs> Similar situation. Yeah. Um, this is one that gets confused all the times. And it was all the time. And it was actually a New York Times crossword clue uh, yesterday. Interesting. Um, fewer. Doesn't fewer denote um a a a quantity a numerical amount and less can be degree yeah like less can't be counted yeah so you'd be like there was less grain yeah but there were fewer people yeah yeah right and people assume they're synonyms and they're not interesting yeah it's a little bit like further and farther you know one denotes distance which is typically measured in actual units and then further denotes degree interesting when I see, and I don't know if this is saying the same thing, but f- further to me suggests that there's something there measuring the distance to begin with. So it's further than the tree. No, that's farther. That wrong? That's what farther. Further is? would be we we you know don't take this conversation any further. Got don't it. don't don't take your point got any it. further. Got it. Got it. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. It's like an unmeasurable kind of thing. Yeah. Uh. Well. Fun word, little etymology lesson here at the end of Oops, the podcast. We do love words. Yeah. We do love them. I want to finish this email real quick because oh, there's yeah. a burger thing that can take us out. This Forgot is, that there was Burgers absolutely uh, can't stand burgers and sandwiches falling apart as you eat them. I have concluded that if there's a sandwich, that if a sandwich is made uh, poorly, there's nothing you can do to prevent kamikaze toppings and soggy bread. True. However, I learned recently that the modern burger is actually being presented wrong. It's upside down. Yeah, I heard this too. This is true. The reason that the top bun is thicker and rounder is actually to absorb liquid and hold the topping in its soft, collapsible, concave shape. I was skeptical at first hearing this, but it's a true game changer for burger consumption. Yes, you eat it. You should flip burgers upside down and eat it upside down. But if I saw somebody doing that at a restaurant, I would would call the cops on them. (laughs) Think you're in like a parallel universe? That person belongs in the loony bin. I don't care how... much meat you lose or juice you lose um it is what it is this is oops podcast thank you guys so much for joining us we love you can't wait for our live show tonight running it back and we will come to a city near you hearing lots of calls for boston philadelphia chicago we are hearing you we will be there uh send any emails thoughts suggestions to oops the podcast at gmail.com have a wonderful holiday try to take it easy on your family and uh, get a real Christmas tree, uh, depending on your breast preference. <laughs> we are Oops the Podcast. We love you. Talk to you soon.